Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Steph Baldrini on the call with us here this evening. Steph, I really appreciate your time. And to follow along, everybody, I'm going to send you over to her website, montecarlorei.com. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes so it'll be easy to just click through. But we're going to be talking about commercial real estate investing, but there's some deep dive questions that I'm really interested in chatting about. So really appreciate your time here tonight, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me, Jack. I appreciate it. I'm always curious, based on your background, it sounds like you were in the organic, non-toxic product realm and you moved into real estate investing. Is that right? Yeah, I was in a try to start up in that specific field and then was in tech sales for about a decade and then most recently switched to commercial real estate investing. That's a pretty significant transition. Like what caused you to make that change? To real estate, I always wanted to do my own thing. And I was dating someone at the time who was a real, very successful real estate investor. And it became very clear that is a phenomenal form of investment with a lot of benefits. And so that's why I decided to learn as much as possible from him. And, and the rest is history. I've been down the road of tech sales and a few other things as well. So I know what you mean. There's a lot of grind and hustle in those things. And at a certain point, you start to question whether you should direct that energy elsewhere. Yeah, every quarter, your numbers go down to zero. And no matter how phenomenal you did last year or last quarter, you're only as good as your last deal. So you're focusing on real estate investing prior. You, I even saw you did some angel funding or something, right? Tech funding. Is that right? When I, was, when I was in tech sales, I wanted to invest a little bit in tech startups just by a matter of being in technology. And uh, that's when I was dating my mentor and it became super clear that real estate, definitely comparing to angel investing and potentially the stock market, it's a much safer and better form of investing. So far, out of maybe five or six angel investments that I made, probably half of them are dead and the other half is they're in coma. Oh, uh, sure. It's not uh, overnight success for every single startup. And it's incredibly difficult to pick the right one because there are so many when you come in as an angel investor. As a venture capitalist, that's a different story. Um, but as an angel investor, is the risks are so much higher and the benefits are very little. So it's probably not like what we see on TV with Shark Tank, right? No. <laughs> I think that's what the majority of us think of when we're, you see people investing and they're becoming angel investors. That's the point of reference for most people. Yeah, it's not easy to pick the right company. So I can elaborate on that, but totally up to you. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's just interesting because we pick on it on the show quite a bit. It's always these television shows that kind of have these points of reference and real estate investing. That's why on a regular basis, we see people getting into fix and flipping because they watch AGTV yeah. and they see they can flip a house in under 30 minutes. And <laughs> boy, that's some fast money right there. 
And boy, that was not 30 minutes. <laughs> no, not even close. So are you, what, you're, are you focused on commercial real estate as your primary asset? Correct. Yes. Currently with some car washes and self-storage. And I did a couple of uh, short-term rentals as well. But uh, the goal moving forward is just the self-storage. Okay. I got to ask you about the car washes. I can't believe how many of those are popping up right now. Were you doing one of those ones where you actually subscribe or, or no, become a the member? One, the ones that I have, they are self-serve. Subscription is a little bit more difficult on the self-serve ones. And it's been a great learning lesson to own these car washes and I, the returns are phenomenal if you would like to deal with all of the drawbacks, but it's, it, I decided it, it's not for me. Yeah. What are some of those drawbacks? If somebody was thinking about getting into that, what, what type of experiences have you had? So there are a million moving parts and something breaks every single day. That's number one. If you're dealing with an area that not everybody has credit cards or debit cards, you still have to offer coin acceptance. You're going to be dealing with people trying to break into your car wash and the costs to fix these things are significant. And also you're dealing with a certain level of employees that I'm personally not interested in dealing with. It's people that they don't have a ton of ambitions and they don't really care about work. So for those are the main reasons why I decided that I will not do car washes moving forward. So another question I have is that it, I'd be curious, your experience is at a decade of tech sales. What type of skills were you able to bring from that previous experience into what you're doing now? Yeah, that does, that, that's a very good question. So being in sales, you have to be a very good listener and ask a lot of questions and take a lot of notes. So you have to be extremely well organized. So that helps in operating these asset classes and also following up, not only with realtors, but with employees, with your VAs, with people that you want to buy products from. And I'm realizing not every salesperson follows up out there. So I'm here following up with vendors that I need to buy their products from and persistence. Persistence is a very important skill in any industry that you really learn very mm -hmm. well in sales. So I would have to imagine that when you got into real estate investing, what, did you have to rebuild? It, networking is such a big aspect of what we do. And especially when the tech industry, that was the case again, is if you, especially if you're a hunter, you're constantly trying to find your next lead, the networking just becomes a huge aspect. Did you find that you had to rebuild that network? And if you did, what steps did you take to build that real estate investing network? Absolutely. So at first I still was dating that person. So I would literally just turn around and say, Hey, how about this? So that was great until it lasted, <laughs> until it ended. And so I said, okay, now I need to get mentors somewhere else. So I decided to go to the Real Estate Guys Summit Etsy within a month or so and met over 200 people there. I was really hustling, waking up at 6 a.m., going to sleep at midnight. And I literally met, I think, almost every single person that went on that cruise and we're friends until today. And I have a, that's how I started my list of 200 mm -hmm. people that I can reach out to at any time and they're wonderful. And that's another great thing about real estate. Everybody's so helpful. 
and kind. And they're there to help whenever you need it or point you in the right direction. So then after no, that, you had to continue going to events. That's exactly what I've learned too. Compared to any other industry I've where there's some, there's always a competition of some kind going on. Real estate investing for the most part, even in my backyard, everybody's really willing to help and give you resources or answer questions or it's a very different atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it's so refreshing and so nice, right? It makes you want to help everybody else even more. So Steph just gave everybody a tip right there too, is that when you go to one of these real estate investing meetups or or activities or what have you, and you have an opportunity to meet people, there's only, Steph, you're rare. There's only a handful of people that actually take the time, get up a little early and deliberately network and try to meet as many people as possible. And that's actually where all the gold is. You got to learn and meet everybody, as many people as you can. And take notes, right? I put everybody on my spreadsheet and I put where they live, what asset class they focus on and what they could potentially help with. And so if I'm like, I just went to Miami the other day and I reached out to everybody that is in Miami, <laughs> ended up being invited to a conference and a mastermind event. Just by doing that, you have to be, again, organized and follow up. Right. Now that you're focused on storage units, is that right? Yes. So how is that? How is that progressing? So it's great compared to car washes. <laughs> Not as many moving parts. You got a garage door, you got a garage door, and that's about it. That's it. So yeah, the returns are not as great as car washes, but you have to be mindful of how much is your time worth. With that perspective in mind, it's been awesome, and the reason why I decided. Self-storage is because it, it does well in, both in good and bad times. And we're potentially now finally entering into maybe a bad time. So people are downsizing now and they still need storage. In good times, they're buying a lot of things and they need storage. And it's a lot easier to get rid of them if for non-payment compared to residential. Right. So there are a lot of benefits to self-storage. Yeah, you're still more optimistic. I talked to somebody recently who invests in storage units, and he told me he's investing in it because he's convinced that the economy is going to get so bad that people are going to have to start living out of them. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope so. <laughs> I, hope, people. I hope I'm so hope he's wrong. I hope so. Well, how many storage units have you accumulated? Oh, so far it's just one facility. Then the next step is to get more through syndications. The goal was oh, okay. to first do my own and show people that, look, I'm capable. These are the numbers and let's grow together as a team through syndications. So how did you find your first storage facility? Through Crexy, believe it or not. Crexy? Yeah. Commercial Real Estate Investing. Oh, CRE sure. Like an MLS. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. That That's unique. Typically when a property hits that, it's been passed off by a lot of people that a lot of those brokers know who's going to buy those type of things right away. So they don't, they sometimes don't hit that list. Yeah, that's a great observation. It was somewhat hidden, if you want to put it that way, because it was a portfolio and that's how I came across car washes. It was a portfolio of properties that included some car washes and self-storage. And so that's how I guess it didn't get sold right away. And it took actually a lot of follow-up from my end because uh, there were some 
issues with the seller's family. And so we took about a year to negotiate that and close on that property. So how many doors does that facility have? It's about 150. Oh, that's a pretty sizable one for your first one. Yeah. What lessons have you learned now since you've started the self-storage? Any lessons you wish, anything you've learned that you sh wished you would have known when you started? With regards to self-storage? Yeah. I've been managing everything remotely and that has been great. So I want to put it out there that it is possible to manage things remotely without a manager on site with tech, with VAs. And mm -hmm. nowadays they have locks that you just give your tenants an app uh, code on the app and they can open and close their own doors. And also you can overlock them from here when they don't pay. So there are ways to cut costs and therefore drive the value up off the property that way. Yeah, that you're the first one who's done this now. That's especially interesting because my next question was, are you buying these storage units in your backyard? But you're obviously not. You're doing it at a remote basis. They're a bit pricey in my backyard for my yeah. budget right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you located? I'm in San Francisco. Yeah, I can imagine there then. So where is your first building located? They're in north of Texas. Sure. That seems to be a pretty popular spot. Texas Tell, is great. Yeah. Tell me about some of the automation that you figured out then. And did you go and install it or did you have somebody go do that for you and test it remotely? How did that look? So this lock, I haven't installed it yet. I'm in the process of getting quotes and we'll be implementing that. Absolutely. And the rest has been through my virtual assistants, through the website that we use to manage the tenants and text messages and online leases. You got to just observe what the teenagers are doing. They don't want to talk on the phone nowadays. They just want to do everything on, uh, through their phone. Yeah. Uh, so either text or just send them the link to sign the lease. And that will trickle down to most people over time. I think it's important to always think about that. So I'm going to guess that you're using these automatic locks. You're probably got, you have to have internet out there. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of web cameras or anything out there as well? Yeah, we have cameras and we also have maintenance people that today we still have the old school locks. So they need to meet with the tenant after they sign the lease to give them the keys. So we do have a part-time person to help us out when someone moves in or out. Sure. Do you use any kind of online platform to, to manage the rentals through then? Yeah. Yeah. We what? use a startup called Open Unit. Okay. They're super young. I'm not sure I would recommend them yet. There are a few things that they still need to build out. But, but yeah, if you want to try them out, I recommend sure. the team is very responsive. Is that one of the tech companies you had invested in? No, but I watched them pitch and I said, I want to help you guys out. Let's go. Yeah. At least they're not in a coma like you said the other ones are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hoping they're not entering a cola. Given the thing, so thing just to, just to remind everybody, head over to MonteCarloREI.com for some more information about what Steph and her team are up to. So you're going to start a syndication. How has that process looked so far? Have you gone started go, going down that road? Yeah, I'm in the state early stages of that. I'm going to be doing that through partnerships with people that 
have more access to deals than I do and then we'll grow from there. But so far, these potential partnerships are looking great. Sure. If somebody was listening to the show and was maybe interested in working with you on some things, what are you looking for and how would they contact you? Like through your, outside of your web? They can send me an email to Steph, S-T-E-F at com or any social media. And we'll probably be raising, I don't know, anywhere from one to three million. IR will probably be around 18%. Sure. So you went from the car wash to the to to the to the storage units now. So here's some pretty generic questions, but there it's always interesting to hear. What is the one, what was the biggest failure you've experienced so far? And what did you learn from it? Biggest failure has been, I think, hiring and finding who the best employee will be for the car washes. That was pretty difficult because I had to hire people remotely when my best employee quit without notice. And then when he came back, he went to jail without notice. No, yeah, there wasn't really any quitting. It was more of incarceration. Oh, uh, yeah. So I had to scramble and literally reach out to every contact that I had in town and ask for references and referrals and... um finally found some people, but it was a very tough week. Yeah. No, I've been there myself. It was the, it was an early lesson. And then next thing I know, now I have multiple plumbers. I know multiple electricians. (laughs) I know multiple. So if one is busy or one fails to get there, I can move on to the next one. Boy, yeah, that's painful (laughs) scramble at the time, isn't it? Yeah, it was very hard. What's your been your biggest win so far, whether it's, you could go back as far as your tech days, if you want to, what was the biggest win in your business so far? Biggest win? I do think being in sales and dealing with all the stress was very helpful. I'd say actually taking a course called Landmark Forum was my biggest win over the last couple of decades. It's a phenomenal course that I think the whole globe should take and we'd be at a much better spot as a society. It's called Landmark Forum? It was life-changing. So I'm going to have to look that up. I haven't, may not have heard of that one, but it sounds, oh no, I've seen that logo before. So forget it. I'm, we're going to use the last 10 minutes. I'm going to do some rapid fire stuff on you and we'll see what, these can always be entertaining. <laughs> Let's go. So have you ever watched Wayne's World? No. No. Okay. So there's a bit in there where somebody goes into the guitar store and they start playing Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, but they make them stop because there's no stairway involved. You're <laughs> not allowed to play that song. It's just too overplayed. So I have that same rule when it comes to books. So you cannot mention Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because everybody says Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But what is one book you've read that you wish everybody else would? With regards to real estate, I highly recommend Confessions of a Real Estate Entrepreneur is awesome. Yeah. Confessions of a real estate entrepreneur. That's a, that I haven't heard anybody recommend that one before. So that's awesome. What was the last book you read and would you recommend it? Oh, I'm currently reading Buddhism is true or real. No, no. (laughs) So if you could get into DeLorean and go back in time, what one piece of advice would you give your younger self? Piece of advice. Don't worry too much. Everything will work out. If you had to start everything all over again, especially when it comes to your real estate investing, what would you do differently? 
I would not have purchased car washes. I've heard that regarding single family homes. I'm sure that goes in that bucket too. Because sometimes once we play real estate investing, like it's a monopoly game, we start with the single family homes and then we go up to the multifamily. And more times than not, when people get into the multifamily investing, they realize that it was just as easy as the single family house was to buy. And they wish they would have just jumped into that and bypassed the single family homes. I hear that as well. Yeah. With all of that, have what else do you got going on? There's you said you also had some like Airbnbs or short-term rentals? Yeah, I have a few short-term rentals. Also great returns, less work than the car washes, more work than the self-storage. But I decided to really focus on self-storage moving forward. But the returns are great. People are getting at least twenty to thirty percent cash on cash, which from rentals, if you take it seriously. Uh, and there's there are a lot of resources online as well to learn podcasts and YouTube videos. So it's a good asset class for someone who is starting out. I would definitely recommend that. Are you successfully remotely managing those as well? Yeah, I never saw the homes in person. Oh, really? Wow, that's even a step further. <laughs> Because a lot of the Airbnb stuff that I've seen now is got a personality and there's like some decorative aspects to it. Yeah. Do you have somebody locally that did that and set that all up for you? Or Yep. I asked my realtor for recommendations to interior, interior designers and I just paid them and life is good. <laughs> wow. I, you've really accomplished something regarding the, all of this remote work. And I've been toying with this concept lately. We talk about coin mining. I want to call it, I'm, I've been, I, maybe we need to come up with a time coin mining because there's people <laughs> like you that have, that mine other people's time. It, you've been able to accomplish quite a bit leveraging your network and all of these additional resources. Yeah, I'm just trying to not travel too much to these where the properties are and, and really ingraining my brain the who, not how. I don't know if you've, I'm sure you heard about that book halfway there haven't even finished yet but uh, we really in order for all of us to scale and grow we have to learn to delegate and bring the right people to the team yeah i and so i've had and a little i'm gonna say i've been a lot burned and i'll be very transparent regarding that regarding investing and uh, but you give me some hope again regarding that because there is a benefit there too it does if you've ever read any of the book called Traction and a few other things, it does force you to take steps you wouldn't have before because if it's in my backyard, I have a tendency to swing in there and take care of it myself versus yep. taking taking some time. You mentioned the economy. The I, we, I manage a, a property a good hour for me, but that's far enough now that when gas prices have climbed as high as they have, you start to question like, between my time and gas prices and the resources, maybe I'm better off calling somebody local to take care of it. Yeah, but, I'll be yeah. happy to help you there and help you teach you everything that I've done myself. For these things, I start with Google and I start with the ones that have the highest reviews. And I go from there. I reach out to all the vendors that have five-star ratings or more. Right. And whoever I enjoy working with is going to be the option one and then option two and three, like you said earlier. You know, that's funny you bring that up because you obviously, you self-manage to a certain extent, but you're doing things locally. I do almost the exact same thing, but for one category, and that was for property managers. 
I don't want any property managers that have five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of you. <laughs> I want two and a half, three. I want some kind of middle ground there. Exactly. Oh, Steph, this was a great conversation. And before I let you go, is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here tonight? Yes. When you were purchasing your first set of properties, always get two loan approvals. I got denied a few times and one one lender that actually approved me, he was like, oh, no, we actually want you to put all uh, the same exact, the um, entire amount of the mortgage into a separate account as a backup for the entirety of the loan. Oh, man. In the last hour. And I'm like, no, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is a great tip. I, In fact, I don't recall many people saying that on the show because I can't, and the seller side, I we do a lot of house flipping too. And I can't tell you how many times we have had to wait another month or two because somebody didn't do exactly that. They've they get to the finishing line like in, a day before we're supposed to close and the financing fell through and then they have to go through the underwriting process somewhere else again. Like it, that's really, that's a great tip. So really appreciate that. And it's quite common as well. It's, I was just talking to very, someone who that happened very to common. her as well. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I've learned about commercial investing too, and the, just from experience is that you're dealing with you were talking about the people that you're dealing with regarding the car washes. But with commercial property, I found that if you can talk to the sellers directly, there more op there are more options available. It seems like mm -hmm. it comes to commercial investing because people are a little bit more experienced when it comes to carrying back a portion of the mortgage and a variety of other things. So there's far more give and take and negotiations that can occur. That's a great tip there. Thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate your time, Steph. You're welcome back. I hope you'll take me up on that. Again, it's MonteCarloREI.com. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. So if you swipe right on your podcasting app, I'll just make it a clickable link for you there. But really appreciate your time, Steph. I hope to chat again sometime. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.